everyone. I am so excited for our Soul Chats special guest. His name is Josh Decker. He is a great friend of mine. I absolutely adore this man. He is a wizard of feeling emotions and assisting others in feeling their emotions as well. He's an expert in helping people get out of deadly burnout. He also has experience and expertise in business organization training and communication in the workplace. He has led high level business leaders, facilitated workshops all around the world, supporting people from all walks of life in both private and corporate settings. In this soul chat, we talk about burnout. We talk about an amazing way that you can shift out of burnout. We also talk about some posturing and collapsing and so much more. I'm so excited to share this special, special podcast with you and let's get started. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited for today's episode. We're doing a soul chat with Josh Decker today. Hi, Josh. How are you? (laughs) I'm wonderful. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. You are an expert at burnout. And I think that this is a very amazing topic to talk about because I think most of us have experienced or currently experiencing burnout. Can you tell me what your take on burnout is and how people find themselves in this predicament? Yeah, thank you. Well, one, I know that it can be a heavy conversation to bring in the conversation of burnout because hand in hand with burnout comes exhaustion and overwhelm. And these are two of the symptoms that you can begin facing before really facing the effects of full-on burnout. Mm -hmm. And what I'll say is there's also a way that we don't have to hold it so heavy and it doesn't have to be so ominous. And what I like to say is, yeah, there's lots of things that are going on that can be challenging. And yet there is a way we can look at it and have fun in a way that actually begins to come out of whatever this heaviness, this density, the stuckness that can lead into this burnout. And so that's the first thing I'd like to say is, yeah, it can be a heavy conversation and we can have that conversation in a way that brings a lightness to it and brings a freedom of being able to come out of it. And how liberating is that? Because the last thing, if you're on the verge of burnout, or if you're in the middle of burnout, the last thing you want is something extremely heavy to process to try to get yourself out of it. And I also think it's hard for people to even admit sometimes that they're on the verge or they're currently in burnout. What would you say to people like that? Like, what are the signs of if you're on the verge of burnout or if you're in burnout? A lot of the signs are easy to identify. Mm -hmm. and hard to admit. Mm -hmm. And then some of the signs are 
hard to identify and even harder to admit. And so it, it does take a degree of vulnerability. And that's one of the things I find is whenever we become overwhelmed and exhausted and burned out, we start to lose touch with how we really feel. And we'll go into some kind of survival mechanism or some kind of subconscious patterning that has us be able to manage whatever the overwhelm or the exhaustion is that's going on in a way that brings out, let's say, overcompensation. So one of the things I found is that all the way from eight-figure business owners to customer care position will begin to see signs in one of two ways. It's either a overcompensation by doing more, Mm -hmm. or it's an overcompensation with holding more, with carrying more weight. Mm-hmm. And some of the ways this can look at is that you'll do things that are not your role or position, but you're, oh, I'll just go ahead and take this on to help them out. And because, you know, this project has to get done. So I'm just going to take this on. Even though the person really wants to say no and they don't have the capacity to take it on. Exactly. And without even thinking about that, because this type of person really wants to take on a lot of whatever's going to lead to burnout. Yet they're looking outside and like, oh, I'm going to take this on so that I'm not going to lead to burnout. And then the other side is to detach, pull away, and tell everyone else all the things that they're doing that's making things exhausting. Ah, I see that. Yeah. And so it, a lot of times it'll come out in really subtle judgments, complaints. Would you call that like the victim cycle? Like they're in victimhood of like their own chaos that they're in? Yeah, I think you could, you, you could name it that. What I see it as is it, it's just someone dealing with overwhelm in a way that they get caught in a cycle of we all get caught in a cycle of different things yeah. like this. And so one of the most important things that I've seen is just the willingness to one be aware and mm-hmm. admit in a way that wow I'm feeling overwhelmed here or wow this is too much. And what I find is they silence the voice that that more quiet voice that's like oh this is too much and this other voice that's trying to protect an image or has it all together or yes. it is the one everyone wants to listen to and follow or the one that is always saving the day <laughs> yes <laughs> and we want to protect this image And so then we'll move into a position that is not actually in alignment with who we are at our core. Mm. And it, it subtly begins to water down and pull us out of alignment in a way that 
actually leads us into this deadly burnout cycle? I think like that you can just kind of get stuck in a trap in a cycle and not even know it. I also think it's also dynamics between family and relationships where someone might also be, let's say the savior of their family or the person that everybody leans on. And that person is literally about to completely crumble and break, but everybody else has all these other fires going on. And so how, who are you to stop and take care of yourself if everybody else has everything else going on? But at the end of the day, we got to take care of ourselves, which is so important. And I love that you call it like a, a, a deadly burnout cycle because it is deadly. And it's, it's, it's the cost of our health. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Well, and not just our physical health but our mental and yeah. emotional health. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where it's easy to be like, oh, this is affecting my physical health. But a lot of the, what you were talking about before, the symptoms, they're more on the mental and the emotional level yeah, before absolutely. they show up in the physical realm. And, you know, I, you you know who the, the types of people I've worked with and I've had incredibly successful people that had everything. Their life looked great. Their relational, personal lives was amazing. The business was amazing. And then all of a sudden, within sometimes months to a year, they've dropped the business. Their relationship is falling apart and they're just done. And I've seen this time and time and time again. And I've seen them, they, it's not that they're not good people. It's not that they're not, they don't care. It's not that they're not incredibly skilled and have lots of value to give. Mm-hmm. It's because this burnout cycle eventually catches up and crumbles all the foundation of everything they had built in their life. And so it's not just in business. It's also in our personal lives. And we run these same exact deadly patternings in our personal life as much as we do in our work life. Yeah. And I think that they just show up in a different way. And we look at them in a different way because work provides, right? Work provides for family. And so if you're not doing these things in your business or at work, how are you going to provide for your family? But inside you're dying and you're burnt out and you're tired. I know like for me being in the car business before I was really good at my job. I wasn't fulfilled. I was burnt out. I was tired. I was done. And just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're meant to be doing that anymore. Everything has a shelf life. And even if you're really good at it and you love it, There's an expiration date on whatever it is that you're doing in your life. And that expiration date is going to come. And it's up to you to decide if it's time to take it off the shelf. But I find that if you take it off the shelf before it expires, you allow yourself to like wrap your head around, like I'm a creative being and I can start doing these different things. Then you get to take that off the shelf before it expires and you don't leave it on the shelf so it can spoil and it can rotten and it can wreak havoc in your life. <laughs> I, I love your, your metaphoric <laughs> languaging. It's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's just, it's, it, I just saw my fridge. I just saw my fridge <laughs> with like all kinds of bad food gone bad in it. And it's just like been sitting in there forever. I don't know. Sorry to admit, but I'm, I, I have done it before. <laughs> well, I think we all have some things that need to come out of our fridge. And oh. but that's, I think that in life, we are meant to be creative beings. And we go through different chapters in our life on what, what we're creating, what we're co-creating, what feeds our soul, what we're really into. And it's okay if you don't want to do that thing anymore. And I think that that's really important. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, even the effects of burnout cycle can even have it hard to have the clarity to identify and assess to even know if that's the right choice or not, or if that's a spoiled carton of milk in the fridge or not. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, maybe it's not, maybe we can get another day out of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I sometimes think that it's hard to admit when some, when you've outgrown something or it's completed and I think when you don't do that, that's when things start to really get serious in terms of how we're feeling. But then you miss those signals that you are burnt out or you're on the verge of burnout. I know that you have some amazing tools on how to shift out of burnout. And you have a really amazing practice for shifting. Can you talk to me, talk to our listeners about that? Yeah, thank you. Well, and I, this is the thing I love the most. Um, I I love being in the conversation, and I just I I know who you are, and I just respect you. And knowing the people that are probably listening right now, I'm hoping that each person gets not only some value of information, but that at one point, each person has an experience that has like an aha that opens up something that they're able to see who they are and where they are in a way that they haven't been able to before. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think those aha moments are like the cherry on top of the cake sometimes. (laughs) Totally. So yeah, you want me to uh, jump into things? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So what I really want to talk about today is in facing the deadly cycle of burnout, there's five fundamental shifts that have to occur in order to begin to turn that tide and to be able to come out of what I don't even think is just a personal issue. I think it's something that's crossed all industries, no matter what size of business, no matter what position you're in, there is something that is what I think is a sickness in society right now that we call burnout. And like you said, it's in professional or in our personal lives. And so what I can almost guarantee you is everyone's is, and I even get tears in my eyes whenever I talk about this, because I mean, I could be doing lots of things and working in a lot of different fields. And yet I saw every single time how costly this burnout pattern is and the quality of life that this takes away from amazing people. 
And so what I want to talk to you about is my favorite and one of the most powerful shifts that you can make in order to begin to turn this tide and come out of that, that deadly burnout cycle. Sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So with no further ado, (laughs) (laughs) the first shift and my favorite is what I call finding your sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And this to me is not only my favorite in the sense of just for myself, but I've seen so many other people just from this skill alone, totally come back and say that this has shifted their life in dramatic ways. And the reason why is because anytime you're facing a deadly burnout cycle, there's only three ways the human system can respond. So the first one is to posture. Mm -hmm. And this is what I call forcing self. Mm -hmm. And literally there's a way that people that are in a postured form will lean forward more in their body. They'll, They'll direct their communications more in a forward way. And So I call it forcing self, but really what I find is these types of people are attached to really being seen as a person and as a leader that people will follow and listen to. And so in that, there's a bit of where whenever I have to have everyone listen to me, there's going to be a bit of a pushing. And so the, the sign that I find in myself is I start to think more in the future than I do in the present or the past. I'm a little bit forward in my thoughts, mm-hmm. in my actions, and in my emotions. I think that people do posture and would you say like volume changes, like the volume of their voice or. It, it very well can be again, depending on the person, there is a lot of, mm-hmm. but Different I would types say of personalities. That is, that's a, that's a, and you can even see that sometimes they'll, they'll be really nice and sweet. And then a little bit of a pressure situation come up or deadline or whatever. And all of a sudden this person totally changes. And now their voice is raised. They're a little more like talking, pointing out all the things that are wrong or that aren't working, but not really giving any suggestions on how to do it differently. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I think, would you say we do, everyone does one of these versions at some point in time in their life, they're going to posture and they're going to, you're going to share the other two, which I are, but um, would you say that everybody does this? So how everyone you... does. Yeah. Well, everyone... share the other two, cause I'm really excited for you to share. Sure. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so the, the second way is to collapse or lose mm-hmm. self. And so this is really around the effect of taking on so much and being seeing so many other people's things and situations and navigating them that there's so much focus outside 
that who you are gets completely lost. Mm-hmm. And that the, the worst case scenario is you're completely lost. And these people can have a lot of, well, these people, whenever you're in collapse, because you can be in a cycle and there's some people that are going to be more on the collapse side, whereas other people may be more on the posture side. Mm-hmm. Um, and collapse happens from people caring so much and spreading themselves so thin that eventually they lose contact with actually who they are, what matters, what they need. So they'll skip meals. They will work extra hours. They, they won't take breaks. They don't take vacations. They, it's just like this. I I have to take care of everyone else before I can take care of myself. Um, I've got to do it alone. Uh, It's all on me are kind of some of the voices that we can hear whenever we're in collapse. I think that's interesting because even though the person's collapsing inward and the way that I always view collapse is like their shoulders start to, to roll forward. The chest starts to concave this, there's this energetic closing of the heart to protect the heart and how someone might show up and collapse is they just bury their head and work or they bury their head in their household chores, or they bury their head in whatever it is that they're going to keep them busy from feeling whatever they're feeling because of everything else that's going on. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. That that is a very real, and I've seen it time and again, Amy. It's not, it's not something that's bad or wrong, or it's actually, systematically we're all somewhere on (laughs) that spectrum of of collapse at times in our lives what's the third one and the third one is what i call sweet spot Mm -hmm. and so this is in between so we can we can posture forward or we can collapse backwards but right in between is this place that everything seems clearer and everything comes a little more effortlessly and it's easier to communicate what it is I'm needing or even to know what I need or, Oh, what I can take on and what I can't take on or, Oh, I could take out, I could put out these 20 fires, or I could put out this one big fire that is actually spreading all these 20 fires continuously, but I'm always focused on putting out these 20 fires. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so from the sweet spot, we're able to really not only mentally perceive, but, and physically perceive what's going on, but we can energetically with our heart perceive not just what's going on, but who we are in the center of all of this movement that we call life. <laughs> and I, I like that because you are a wizard of understanding and feeling into feelings. And I love that that's part of the sweet spot is energetically feeling in to where that happy medium is, where you're finding balance. 
And I think that that's really important because I think oftentimes people just want to run away from their feelings or run away from having to admit the truth. And I think also for posturing and collapsing, one minute you could be posturing and the next minute you could be collapsing. Absolutely. And it's a yo-yo of emotions (laughs) that are happening because it's hard. This human thing is hard. (laughs) (laughs) You're so right. And this this is actually what is so brilliant about us as humans, though, Mm -hmm. is it can be so hard. (laughs) And yet, whenever I'm willing to just be me and be present with whether I'm in posture or collapse, this is the coolest thing, Amy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If I just allow myself to notice my thoughts, be in my body and feel my emotions whenever I'm in collapse, do you know what happens? What happens, Josh? (laughs) I naturally start to go into my sweet spot. I love it. So you have to actually- Without doing anything else. Yes. (laughs) There's no no magic trick besides just (laughs) being with yourself. But I think that's, you know what? I think it's really hard for some people to be with themselves. Like it's a really hard thing. So what would you- say to someone that's like, I hear you, but I'm uncomfortable. I don't, I don't want to feel that. Or I don't even know what, I don't even know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. One of the things that I know is that most people are conditioned to be in their mind mm-hmm. more than in their bodies or their heart. And more in our bodies than our heart. And one of the ways to really be present and reside in these kind of uncomfortable or even terrifying, like sometimes I've experienced in myself and in others that they've had some past emotion that is, has built and they're feeling it and it, they literally feel like they're dying. Mm -hmm. like they're not but like it can feel that way or that you you would prefer to die (laughs) most and so what I know is that emotions can feel really big and really scary and they're going to just overwhelm us and drown us out and that and that's a really it's smart because like we we don't want to be in collapse our whole life. So our systems are saying like, Hey, (laughs) this is a lot. Um, And yet what I know is the capacity of this intelligence, this heart actually has a capacity to identify and hold and move massive amounts of emotions And really emotions are just energy and it's based on whether we're postured or collapsed or in a sweet spot that actually has us have a different perspective of that energy. And so I might be really frustrated and angry and getting into, into anger and just like, Oh, and yet that same energy once I breathe in and soften and allow that energy to run through, it's like, oh, wait, no, it's just a lot of energy circulating, coursing through me. And then it's like, oh, 
oh, there's actually, it's coming from this place that something matters to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm getting frustrated and angry because something deeply matters to me. And now I can be in my sweet spot because I'm in touch with, oh, something matters to me, not, oh, something out there is preventing me. So I got to posture and make sure that this thing happens or, oh, I'm all alone and I can't do this. So I'm just going to collapse and uh, I'll do my best, but you all just carry on, leave me behind or (laughs) whatever it is. Yeah. I think that what I like is that you're saying it, it matters to me. Something matters to me. And sometimes we might not even know what that is. You're just feeling something that there is something that matters. What would you say to someone that's trying to identify what that thing is that matters? Yeah. Well, what I'd say is any, any perceived negative emotion Mm-hmm. If you can identify by breathing into the body and feeling where is that emotion, then that's the first step. Do you want to like walk me through it so our listeners can kind of see what that looks like? Sure. I love to. <laughs> it would be fun. And I've sure. done this with you before, Josh. So it's kind of fun to, to, to play with it. <laughs> totally. Um, okay. So we're just going to close our eyes and breathe, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just get yourself set. And so what's the first thing as you're breathing into your body that you notice? I notice my head is feeling like it's swirling. And then I notice my stomach feels like it has a little burn to it. Not mm-hmm. something super heavy, but it has a little burn. So a little burning in the belly and in the head was what, what sensation? Swirling. Swirling. Got it. Perfect. And so What I'd like you to do is direct your mind's focus on that little burning feeling. Okay. And as you're directing your focus, allow your breath to follow that focus. And what we're wanting is natural, gentle, soft breaths. As, a, as if you're inviting that little burning sensation to be there more. Okay. It's like welcoming it. And just let me know what you're noticing. Well, as I notice, um, the more that I just befriend the burning in my tummy, the swirling in my head disappears. It completely like shuts off. Goes Got away. it. And can I ask you a question? The sure. swirling in the in the head, in your perception, would have that been a negative or a positive? I would say it's more of a positive. It's like a synergy of energy. That's mm. uh, we're talking, we're chatting. 
you're having a good time. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. there, there's that. I don't say it like disappeared. It just kind of settled. Mm-hmm. So it softened whenever you softened into mm-hmm. the burning and kind of befriended it. All of a sudden, this swirling energy began to soften also. Yes. Not that it went away. Mm-hmm. Got it. And can you identify any emotion in your system that may even be like more on the negative field? Disappointment. Mm. Disappointment. What I'm first feeling. And do you know where that disappointment emotion, is there any place that you can feel that in your body? In my forehead. Perfect. And what what's it? Is it like a whenever you did it almost seems like there's like a line that kind of kind of curves around mm-hmm, exactly yeah. yeah and is it like a pressure or like what what's the sensation or what is the emotion uh or kind of uh, like, a heavy, like a heavy bean bag it's like a heavy bean bag mm-hmm. was across my forehead that's kind of the sensation okay yeah and so let's go ahead and do this a little weight it yeah there's a little bit of weight there And so let's go ahead and breathe into that disappointment. Okay. And let's welcome that kind of little weighted feeling, a little bit of pressure spreading across your eyebrows. And I notice the more that I welcome it, the more it just kind of fades away. Like I'm Mm. not trying to like force it forward or anything like that. It just starts to... Like dissipate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if you stay with it, there's okay. a there's a movement to it, right? Mm-hmm. So really just take a moment to be in that movement and okay. welcome that movement. And that's where your focus is gonna be. Okay, I can sense the movement. And from that point, there's a line that that is going to somewhere else in your body. Okay. Where, where's that movement coming? Where's the source of that movement coming from? And you're speaking of directly from my physical body, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Goes right back to my stomach. Okay. Perfect. And then let's breathe into that and soften into that. Okay. And what feeling is the main feeling that you have whenever you're softening into this? When I soften into it, I feel peace. So we started with disappointment Mm -hmm. and kind of a little bit of a heavy energy around your lower forehead, above your eyebrows. Mm -hmm. And then that softened and dissipated. And then whenever we track the movement of it, it went into your stomach. Mm -hmm. And then the emotional quality of that was peace. Right. So again, what I've noticed is time and time again, every negative emotion, my perception of a negative emotion is like a signpost. It's like Mm -hmm. telling me, hey, look at me, look at me, feel me, pay attention to me. And whenever I'm able to receive that invitation, it actually leads me to that 
opposite side of the coin from the negative to the positive. Is that cool? Like, I think that's so neat. I get a reward if I just feel this thing that's trying to get my attention. And then there's a flip side to the coin, which for me was peace, which is so neat. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So would you say that the person has to identify what, what that feeling is attached to or what that, that feeling, why that feeling is being presented them presented to them or why they're feeling it? Yeah. I, I, I think the curiosity being in the question, Oh, instead of like trying to make it go away. I find that most of us want to like make it go away or we want to replace it with something else Mm -hmm. and we want to have control over it. And that's kind of that posturing energy is I want to have control over this so Mm -hmm. that I have this experience and not this one. (laughs) And yet in that form, we actually begin to create a subconscious patterning of attachment that actually reinforces the negative Mm -hmm. and it actually begins to build that negative one up underneath our unconscious and it it builds and builds and builds until we give it attention yeah sweet spot is neutrality Mm -hmm. and it's not that we're, comp- we're like not, we're robots and we're not like feeling, it's not neutral as in not feeling, but it's neutral in that at any given point, we're going to have positive and negative perceptions of ourselves, of others, of our environments, of our partners, of people we work with, even in the personal growth and kind of more spiritual kind of industries, what I've noticed is that we go so much for the good and the positive and try to avoid the negative that we actually, we actually end up in bringing in all of this negative because we're standing so close to the light. The shadow is just casted so big (laughs) and really we're supposed to be human and we're not supposed to be perfect and always just the light or you know uh, it's like we we do have uh a lot of different uh aspects of self and uh and that's what I call being human (laughs) I think uh you know when we start to look at those different aspects is is when we get to have a different understanding of two of how that aspect is posturing or collapsing and how they're showing up. Cause I think that you can go on a roller coaster of this happening all throughout the day based on who you're showing up in that particular moment with the other person or the experience or the situation. And it's just a fascinating thing. And I think one of the, one of the good examples would be driving in your car and someone cuts you off. Are you collapsing? Are you posturing? Are, are you finding neutrality in the situation? And it's like, it's such a, like, I think driving is a character building experience in itself. So it's so true. <laughs> well, it's just a really just an interesting experience, especially if you, depending on where you live. So tell us, Amy, do you posture or do you collapse? <laughs> it honestly depends on the moment. And uh, so for me, 
when someone cuts me off or something happens, uh, and if I react in any different way than neutrality, I go, what is happening? Like, why did I allow myself to react in that way? And sometimes I realize I'm late. So I'm mad at myself for being late. Sometimes I'm angry because people are on their phones and text messaging. And so that is just a safety concern of mine. And so it's just this thing that happens where you're just like, it's any reaction that you have, there's always deeper understanding on how you're reacting in that way and why you're acting in that way. I love that example too. Thank you for yeah. bringing that. <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> and, and I think you're correct. That that's The point is, is that it's not about not being angry or not being frustrated or not being sad or disappointed or uh, overwhelmed or whatever it is. It's, it's really about being in choice of how we're going to be in relationship with it. And that's what I hear is like your first thing that comes up is like, wow, why am I you know, <laughs> in this? And I think that curiosity gives a moment to just be like, oh, can I just let like there, there is some ways that someone texting on the phone and risking someone else's life Absolutely. can be uh, a little you can get a little angry. And I don't think that I think that's natural. And, and is, like, I do think it's healthy. Yeah. And creating safety for yourself. And if we're in a postured position, what can happen is we cycle in that for the rest of the day on some level. It's not healthy. And it comes out in all these little ways to, you know, our kids or our partner or the people we're working for uh, with or the barista that was really just, they were a little overwhelmed. And then you, and now you, you've helped them create a cycle where now they're in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's literally this thing that once we, once it gets going, it's so easy for us to spin and make it about this situation and that. And we actually self prophesize from this one little moment of having some frustration and anger that was justified. Absolutely. And then it just spirals out of control. (laughs) Never any fun. Like I call those character building days. (laughs) Those are not fun to have. And so if you can, can drop in and get curious when something does arise, then you can address it then and there and not take it out on everyone else throughout the day and taking it on everybody else can show up as posturing and and collapsing like you were talking about to me it's like a fascinating behavior that we (laughs) have the capability to do and i'd like to just also say that just as much as posturing and collapsing can create this cycle of burnout that just like we can get caught in and spin and spin in the circular. Our, I, I know almost everyone probably listening to this call has had days where they're like, I'm so sick of thinking about this thing and continuing yeah. and yet I'm still doing it. Why can't I let go of this? <laughs> 
but just as powerful, the sweet spot. Once we begin to really allow ourselves to be frustrated or disappointed or whatever it is and hold that, oh, I'm just in a posturing or collapsing right now. Can I just let myself be there for a moment? Then we'll naturally start to come back into sweet spot. And the power of that circular motion is so much stronger than the posture and collapse that it quickly takes hold. And any point that you're not in your sweet spot, it's just like, oh, wow, I'm doing this just like what you were saying. And why am I doing this? And the question naturally comes up. The awareness naturally comes up and you know the what I call the water you're swimming in. You can actually see that you're postured and that naturally gives you the ability to come back into that sweet spot and it just becomes stronger and stronger and stronger until there, there's really what I believe nothing that can throw off any of you from your sweet yeah. spot. And I like that you're calling it the sweet spot because I think that a lot of the spiritual community thinks that you have to be positive 100% of the time. And it's this spiritual bypassing this. It's, it's just, it's craziness. And I love that you're not saying to be positive because you're not like what you're doing is you're just finding where you are on a grounded position where you're not inflated or deflated, which I think is really important for people to like understand and recognize. Like you don't have to be positive all the time and it is okay to be mad. It is okay to be angry. What's not okay is if you sit in that anger all day, every day, because that's not healthy. Well, and you're, you're kind of using it as an excuse. Yeah. It it may be an unconscious excuse. You may not be doing it on purpose, but there is an excuse going on that is kind of like, oh, yeah, well, this person did this and I've had this kind of week. And so, yeah, I'm just going to keep this stuff. The victimhood comes in. (laughs) The victimhood comes in. And it's hard because if you had something happen to you, it can be hard if it's a traumatic event. But what's not healthy, if something happens to you and you continue to allow it to become your personality, and that's where it's not healthy. And some of you guys might be listening and you have been angry for years or you've been depressed for years. I'm letting you know that it is okay to break up with that personality of yours and that aspect of you because it is no longer serving you whatsoever. And I think that that's really hard for people to admit because it becomes their identity. And I don't know about you, but when I was depressed, like being depressed all the time was depressing. And it's kind of hard to get out of that cycle, but you have to see the glimmer of light. And I think that this sweet spot that Josh, you're talking about allows you to just go, oh, I kind of feel some peace and then you get a little bit more and then you get a little bit more and then you get a little bit more and you start ripping off that 
false identity that's no longer who you are. You don't longer have to be that. Exactly. So well said. And it's what actually has me. I get so touched, like even hearing you say that. I'm having a little bit of tears come up in my eyes. And because I know, I know that no one would choose these things. No, no one, like with there, there's nothing bad, inherently bad or wrong, or they all come from very good places and good intentions and probably served really well at one time. Yes. And yet what I hear you is giving them permission to say, Hey, if this isn't serving you any longer, like, let's not do this anymore. And you can choose to say no to this and choose a new identity. And I really do think that this hits on that identification level of like, even wanting to be seen in these ways and, uh, and known in these ways and to have this type of lifestyle and be viewed in these ways. And so I think you're really hitting to the core of where these actually come from. And it's really just protection. We're, we're just trying to manage and do our best and, and find our way. And that's why there's nothing wrong with posturing or collapsing. Yeah. It's actually necessary. And it only by giving, if we're only in one or two, at any given moment, then it's hard to really see. But if we can see three points of posture collapse and sweet spot, all of a sudden it, it opens up our ability to actually see and make choices that are differently. And how freeing is that? Like super freeing. I love this. Josh, you have a special gift for our listeners. Tell them what that is. Cause I'm super excited <laughs> for you guys to receive this if you're interested in it. Yeah. Well, for me, one, I just, I'm loving this conversation and I'm dedicated to this conversation. And what I know is you're one of the most phenomenal, amazing human beings I've ever encountered, Amy. And I know you know this. And also I know that you bring in just incredible forward thinking, like, outside of the box people that really want to make a difference in the world. And for me, just even having the opportunity to talk and share and uh, be of service is just truly an honor. And I would like to extend if anyone that's listening would like, I'm wanting to offer a change your burnout paradigm strategy call. And so what this is all about is I'll talk about and teach the other four shifts, fundamental shifts that you'll need in order to start to turn this tide of this deadly burnout cycle. And then also we're going to talk about your exact burnout cycle. So we're going to identify your custom burnout cycle together, identify the first two or three steps to coming out of that burnout cycle. I love that. So if you guys are interested in doing this strategy call with Josh, there's a link in the show notes that you can click on and book a strategy call with him. And is it you and is your partner also doing the calls too? 
uh, I'll just be doing the calls, oh, but yeah, I do have an amazing business partner <laughs> that I, yeah, I just, I wasn't sure. So guys, Josh is amazing and he's really good at just holding space. And if you are a female out there, um, I think that working with men sometimes is helpful in healing any masculine wounds that we might have. And so if you're drawn to Josh, like he is the most sensitive, kind human being and is able to hold space for women in such a very unique way. You also work with men, but as a female, (laughs) I can offer this perspective. Um, He works with men and women, and it's just an incredible offer that you are gifting them. So thank you so much for doing that. What is one thing you want to share with everybody before we hop off? Well, I just want to share like how much this matters to me and how fun and enjoyable it is to period be in service in the ways that I am, but especially on this call. So I just, I'm feeling a lot of gratitude for you, Amy, and you sharing your people with me and uh, me with them. And it's just, I'm feeling honored and just loving that I get to do this. This is what I get to do. <laughs> is that so much fun thinking about when you're like, I get to help people and see their shifts, like literally see their shifts. And it's such an incredible thing to experience on both sides. Like, cause as a, a coach, a mentor, a healer, like I get to one, see people shift, but I also get to be a part of that journey and shifting at the same time. And it's just, it's an incredible thing to witness and be a part of. And I'm just so happy you're here. And I'm so happy that we got to have this conversation. I know that we've been wanting to talk about and do this for a while. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Make sure you book the strategy call with Josh if this is something you're guided to do. And also please take care of yourself. You deserve to feel good and experience life in its fullest. Thank you, Josh, so much for showing up today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. Guys, please make sure you like, subscribe, and share this episode. See you soon. Bye. Yay, you've made it to the end of the show. That shows me that you are committed to evolving and creating the life you truly love and desire. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. Make sure you click the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. We have shows going out semi-weekly and also please leave an honest review. I would greatly appreciate it if you did. If you'd like to receive a free gift from me, head on over to theimmyrobison.com, theimmyrobison.com. Claim your free gift. You'll also find that link in the show notes. I'm sending you lots and lots of love and light. Many blessings to you, my friend. Bye.